Welcome back, everybody, to not just another season of the Say What You Like NFL Weekly Podcast, but to another season of NFL action. And there's going to be some good times. I'm talking about those good times watching football, talking about those good times talking about football here on the Say What You Like Sports Podcast. So hit that subscription, hit that like button, give us that support, and we encourage you guys to uh, comment. You know, hit us up. Say what you like here. That's what we do on this podcast. And we're going to chop it up here, division by division, going over some previews and some predictions. So we're going to be previewing each of the four teams out of each division and trying to see where I I see these teams ending up at the end of the year, you know. So we're going to kick it off with the AFC North. And to me, this division was an easy call. I'm predicting one playoff team out of this division. It was pretty easy, so don't hold your breath out there. I think all of you guys out there should know who that team's going to be. That doesn't mean I don't think this division can be competitive. I think it's going to be surprisingly competitive, but I kind of already know who's going to pull it out in the end. There's only one team I trust in this division currently. So let's work our way up. In fourth place, I have the Cleveland Browns, the Browns, man, that 0-16 team from last season. A lot, a lot of analysts are picking this team to make some strides this year. And I got to agree with them. But I'm not picking them to finish third or second like I'm seeing in some of these predictions. I think this is still the team that's going to be the caboose on this train for the AFC North. I mean, this team, to me, feels just like a, like a high school chemistry experiment. I mean, you got a frustrated head coach like Hugh Jackson, who he's gone 1-31 and 31 in two seasons as the Browns head coach. You know, add a fiery offensive coordinator like Todd Haley. And don't forget about that ruthless defensive coordinator, best known for Bounty Gate and Greg Williams. Uh, this team is just going to end with fireworks one way or another. You know, it's going to be a big show or it's just going to blow up. Did I mention that this team is the team that drafted Baker Mayfield first overall? So this team's got a lot, a lot of things surrounding it, a lot of variables. And uh, I think this team's going to take a step in the right direction. But hey, it's not like they can take a step back because we're looking at 0-16 here. But I believe this team is talented, and I believe they are going to improve under the new GM, John Dorsey. I see this team winning more like three to five games this season. I'm seeing a lot of analysts predicting six to seven wins for the Cleveland Browns, and I personally just don't see it. I think three wins should be your your low, and I think five wins would be the ceiling for this Browns team. You know, they've got a lot of figuring out to do. I think they got a lot of growing up to do. I think they're headed in the right direction, but uh, I just don't see them winning more than five games. Now, I think one of the biggest questions headed into the season for the Cleveland Browns is, will Tyrod Taylor make it through the whole season as a starter? And after game one of the preseason, people are already calling for Baker Mayfield to be the starter week one. So that's going to be something that's frequently talked about with NFL fans in general, and we'll probably be talking some more about that a bit later on future podcasts. But um, another question is, 
Is this running back tandem of Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde just enough, enough for these or one of these two quarterbacks to succeed? And, um, you know, Carlos Hyde's a nice inside runner. He, he had a nice year for San Francisco last year because he finally stayed healthy. Carlos Hyde's biggest problem has been his health issues. So if he can stay healthy, he's a tough runner in between the tackles. He's going to take a lot of pressure off of Tyrod Taylor or Baker Mayfield, whoever they have in there at quarterback this season. Now, I think the offensive line is going to miss all-world left tackle Joe Thomas. There's just no way around it, right? I mean, when you have one of the greatest left tackles of all time and you waste his career like they did in Cleveland, it's just a damn shame because a rookie QB or a QB trying to prove himself like Tyrod can really use a left tackle like that to really, really help them take their game to the next level and, and, and get these Browns to improve. So, you know, that's something to look out for. I think the D-line on the other side of the ball, uh, the D-line should be surprisingly good next season. You got Miles Garrett, the number one overall pick from 2017, and he had seven sacks in 11 games last season. Dude was balling towards the end of that season. And uh, I always liked Miles Garrett coming out of college, so I see some big upside if miles garrett can stay healthy i think this is the year where we're going to see him start getting talked about with those top ranked pass rushers in the nfl you're going to hear his name amongst the von millers the demarcus lawrence you're going to see him just you know mentioned with the best out there at the other end you got second round pick from 2017 emmanuel ogba he was high on the cowboys radar last draft and I think he's just another good young pass rusher. So I think this D-line is going to be a surprising strength for the Cleveland Browns going into next season. And as far as the defense, man, whatever happened to uh, Jamie Collins? I mean, the dude signed a four-year, $50 million deal. And the last I heard, he tore his ACL and, and we haven't heard much. So I don't know how well Jamie Collins... How he how he's gonna do this year because I don't know how his rehab has gone I don't know how healthy he's gonna be just a a question mark on that defense um but you know what they got some nice linebackers on that team Joe Schobert uh, he had a surprisingly good season he made the Pro Bowl last year and for going 0 and 16 and to make the Pro Bowl I mean it's kind of impressive you know uh, but I like their draft you know Mayfield first overall I think he's gonna work out I really do believe in the kid he's got talent. Uh, Denzel Ward was also drafted in the first round and then they took running back Nick Chubb out of Georgia in the second round so those first three picks you know I'm pretty high on so I think the Cleveland Browns will definitely definitely make some improvements go through the growing pains and I look for them to like I said win around three to five games this season now that brings me to my third place team. I have the Cincinnati Bengals. Now the Cincinnati Bengals finished seven and nine last season. And the way I view this team in general is I see a super, super talented team with terrible, terrible leadership. I mean, this team wins in spite of the head coach, Marvin Lewis, uh, President Mike Brown, uh, and the cheap ass ownership that is the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, the best way to describe this team is cheap. You know, I think this team has talent, but they just don't want to pay for a top-notch GM, a top-notch head coach to really, you know, get these players to fall in line 
buy into a system and really, really bring the most out of a talented roster. I mean, this this team is as talented as any team in the division, but they're continuously underachieving. And I think there's only one place to go, and that's the front office. That's the only place that you can really say, hey, this is what hasn't changed. This is that one thing that's no longer a variable. This is the reason that the Cincinnati Bengals are the Cincinnati Bungles. So, you know, you got... Andy Dalton at QB still. And you know what? I'm not too down on Andy Dalton. I'm not too up on Andy Dalton. I mean, the best way for me to describe Andy Dalton would be, eh, he's aight. But, um, you know, that's what you can expect out of Cincinnati. They're going to be aight this season. So one of the things I'm wondering is, is Joe Mixon just going to have like that breakout season? Joe Mixon was starting to, to step it up. After all his problems in college, towards the end of the season and figure it out. Now, again, health at that position is a major concern. And if he can keep his head on his shoulders, I think Joe Mixon is going to be just fine in the NFL. Uh, I expect A.J. Green to bounce back. You got John Ross returning, who's a straight burner, last year's first-round pick at the wide receiver position. So, you know, I think that the passing game can take a step up from where it was last season. The biggest question with the passing game would have to be the over-under on Tyler Eifert's games played this season. I mean, the guy just has not been able to stay healthy, but when he's healthy, he's one of the top tight ends in this game. Another one, if uh, Cordy Glenn stays healthy on the O-line, he's going to be solid, man. You know, you got the former Dallas Cowboys O-line coach, Frank Pollock, over there. I mean, he's going to shape up that O-line if Cordy Glenn you know, is there, that's going to be nothing but a plus for the passing game. Uh, I think the defense, though, is the definitive strength of this team. I mean, they got a new defensive coordinator in Terrell Austin from Detroit. He coached that team last season to lead the NFL with 32 takeaways last season. So, I mean, this D coordinator knows how to coach, and he's going to have the players and the talent to make it happen. This, the D-line is just talented inside and out. You're talking about Geno Atkins inside? Monster. Carlos Dunlap, Michael Johnson at the ends. I mean, you got talent all around that D-line. Now, another question mark is, is Vontaze Perfect going to be worth keeping around at this point? Because here he is, once again, not being able to start a season due to suspension. Um, it's just a, an every-year thing with Vontaze Perfect, but... You know, when he's on the field, he's mean. He's mean. He's talented, but he's not dependable. And you're starting to see a pattern here with the Cincinnati Bengals. They just don't have dependability in in that franchise. Uh, secondary loses a Pac-Man, formerly, the artist formerly, known as Pac-Man Jones, Adam Jones. But they're still solid at all four spots in that secondary. You got Drake Kirkpatrick, uh, Denard at the cornerback spots. Uh, safeties are good in coverage. And they, they, they play well in the box. Uh, on the bright side, if you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan, hey, as long as the Browns are in the AFC North, you can always count on not finishing last. So for my second place team, we got the Baltimore Ravens. Now the Ravens finished 9-7 and seven last season. But more importantly, they went 5-2 and two down the stretch to finish 9-7. and seven. So... They caught on late. They had a slow start, but they caught on late. So there's reason to believe that the Baltimore Ravens can challenge 
the Pittsburgh Steelers. They just have to get a few things to fall their way, but this team can compete. I mean, Baltimore, I mean, they found a diamond in the rough last year in running back Alex Collins, who was straight off the practice squad last season, and he rushes for something like 973 yards, and he had a 4.6 yards per carry average, so, I mean, that's some nice running. That's something that Joe Flacco can lean on, because everybody's talking negative about Joe Flacco. Everybody's down on Joe Flacco. Hey, Joe Flacco ain't the best quarterback in the league, but if you put a running game and a defense behind him, hey, he's shown. He can get you there. He can take you to the promised land. So when you have some running backs, like you have Alex Collins, taking that that load off uh, Joe Flacco's shoulders, you know, this team can do some damage. But, you know, outside of that, you know, I'm just not a fan uh, of anybody else really on this Baltimore offense. Player to watch this year, you know, who would it be? It's got to be Joe Flacco. It's got to be the quarterback situation with Lamar Jackson being drafted with uh, their first round pick. You know, everybody's waiting to dethrone Joe Flacco as the starting quarterback, but I don't see that happening this year. Uh, I just don't think that the young guy is ready yet. Um, As far as the wide receiver positions, I just don't see the tandem of Crabtree and John Brown as much of an upgrade over Macklin and Mike Wallace. I just don't see it. I just, it's almost an even Steven, you know, almost an even trade. So I don't think there was a big, big upgrade at wide receiver. I think the biggest question for me on the offense is just how big of an impact can Hayden Hurst make on this offense? I mean, he's a first round tight end, selected 25th overall. He was drafted for a reason in the first round. You know, they need Joe Flacco to have a security blanket, someone that he can dump those passes off to uh, in the middle of the field, you know, help take the pressure off Joe Flacco. This is his last hurrah. He's either going to make it or break it this year. Marshall Yanda returning to the offensive line lineup after suffering a broken ankle last season, so that should be a plus. I think, though, when you're talking about the strength of the Baltimore Ravens, you're going to gonna talk about that veteran defense. Uh, Terrell Suggs, man, ageless wonder, 35 years old, and he's coming off his fifth, count him, five double-digit sack seasons at 35. I mean, a- a- amazing. Um, C.J. C. Mosley, inside linebacker, uh, he's a tackling machine, man. I mean, he's, this guy's good for 100 tackles a year. Eric Weddle at the free safety spot, he's still an excellent excellent cover safety uh he doesn't play the run as well as he used to when he used to play down in san diego but um you know he can still get it done uh as that that rover at the free safety position playing you know single high safety up there i just think that another thing that's not talked about too much is just the strength of the kicking tandem justin tucker sam cook you know probably the best kicking tandem in the league i mean can you think of a better one because i can't not off the top of my head the defense, though, will be another year older, and I just don't see a, a, a huge likelihood of improvement on offense. So I doubt that they make the playoffs. I think they're on that border. They're teetering on that border of making and missing the playoffs. And uh, if this team misses the playoffs for a fourth straight season, I think this could be the end of the Joe Flacco era and the end of the John Harbaugh era. So wrapping this thing up, in at number one, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh finished 13-3 and last season, had a hell of a year. Um, and I think the question for me is, 
is this team still the most explosive offense in the league? I mean, you got Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, the O-line is stacked. You got Villanueva, you got DeCastro, Marquise Pouncey at center. I mean, the offensive line is legit. The skill players are legit. I would have to say this is still the most explosive offense in the league today. I think you can even put them on the next level and say, is this one of the most explosive offenses in NFL history? I mean, a legitimate question can be made. Are Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown the best skill player trio since the triplets? And I think as blasphemous as it may be as a Cowboys fan, they may be even slightly more talented than the triplets in Dallas in the 90s. But collectively, they have to really win at least one Super Bowl to be mentioned with the triplets. I mean, you know, people are going to say, yeah, well, you know, Dallas had the Great Wall of Dallas. Hey, this Pittsburgh O-line is very, very nice. So offenses in general are both very, very nice. Two separate kinds of offenses, but both dominant, dominant offenses with great, all-time greats at each, uh, you know, skill position. I don't think they're quite the triplets yet because, remember, the triplets have three Super Bowls. And in the end of the day, it's all about winning the chip. That's just what it's about. We talked about the offense. I've talked up the offense a lot here. But how many question marks are there on this defense? I mean, I I can find a few. I mean, this is the team that allowed 45 points to the Jaguars. The Jaguars, a team quarterbacked by Blake Bortles in the playoffs. That's not going to get it done. That's not going to get you to a Super Bowl. Now, Cam Hayward, in my opinion, is really the only player to watch on that defensive line. He's the only one you got to scheme for. He's the only one you got to keep a close eye on because he's the one that can wreck a game. But if you keep him in control, there's really nobody that scares you to death if you're an opposing offense. I think the loss of Ryan Shazier last year was huge, huge. I mean, you've got nice linebackers, young linebackers there. TJ Watt, he looks like a playmaker, but nobody, nobody is going to replace a beast like Ryan Shazier was. Um, In the defensive backfield, Joe Hayden staying healthy, that's a must, but that's something that we haven't seen for the last couple of years out of Joe Hayden, whether it was in Pittsburgh, whether it was in Cleveland. That's why he's in Pittsburgh. He couldn't stay healthy. You know, I I think this is also Le'Veon Bell's last year with Pittsburgh, and I think after he's gone, Big Ben's getting another year older, and I think their Super Bowl window will have closed. So this is the year the Pittsburgh Steelers have to get it done. I see them winning this division. I see them having a first-round bye, you know, having a home playoff game. There's no reason they can at least get back to the Super Bowl, you know, especially with New England likely beginning to implode, starting to crumble at the seams. I won't call them dead just yet. They still are the Patriots, but there's cracks in the armor. There's cracks in the armor. Uh, and Pittsburgh had a pretty nice draft. You know, Terrell Edmonds, James Washington, Mason Rudolph. Um, they got some some more skill players to add to that offense, and they went defense in the first round, as they should, because this year they're not going to need help on the offense. So it's just a matter if that offense can carry them and that defense can step it up enough to get back into that Super Bowl. But for sure, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are your AFC North champions for the 2018 NFL season.